You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson. What's up, TBT? How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Your week been good? Yeah, it's been uh, been pretty busy, uh, pretty productive. Uh, just kind of taking on a few more hours uh, and uh, just trying to get through all this. Has uh, I know we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, but uh, is stuff open where you are or everything open yep. back up or what's the deal? Yep, stuff is uh, slowly starting to open back up. Um, I mean, it really does. It, normally this time, you know, living in a college town, uh, this time of the year, it actually gets kind of uh, starts to feel a little dead. Uh, it's not feeling like that at all now, you know, because normally the seniors graduate at the beginning of May and uh, then it just kind of becomes a ghost town until about the right. second week of August. And uh, right now, no, you wouldn't know. You think it's maybe it's Christmas season because there's traffic everywhere outside. Are classes still going at the university? I, I'm not familiar with that. Are nope. they still? No, right now they, uh, they've they committed to uh, opening up uh, during the fall, uh, I ah. guess, ba- barring any new any new um waves or whatever of this but uh they canceled summer school spring uh, the, wow. the remainder of the spring classes and everything so everybody's kind of on a real kind of like a six month uh break seems like nice nice how's the uh the real estate business in the okc market so still going good uh right now right now there's a lot going on uh we've definitely seen a, a little bit of a downtick uh, in terms of uh numbers of list numbers of listings going on each day or each week and I think that's just kind of playing into a little bit of the uncertainty right now. And right. so we'll really see how this goes. Like as, as we really get into the summertime, cause this is supposed to be the hot time of the year for us. And uh, so we'll see, you know, some people are doing really well. Some people are doing not as good, but right. by and large, it's, it's all, it's all right. I'm just going to see. Speaking of hot, how's the weather? You guys having Dude, some good weather? It's, it's pretty warm where I am. It, it, it's been storming uh, the last, uh, Oh, last you know kind of 36 hours um but today it's super duper nice out and it's hot and humid i like that but right it's hot and it's bright and shiny yeah it's been uh it's been pretty warm here as well um <clears throat> the nights can get a little bit cool but it, it's it's good you know because uh, you know i like sleeping when it's cold so that's definitely <laughs> definitely a positive there so but yeah that's uh glad you guys are having good weather and glad you're staying busy uh hopefully we can get uh everything going Again, I know where I'm at. Uh, the gyms are not open yet, um, which is <laughs> uh, I meant to ask you that. Tragic. Um, I've been told. I think it's either today or tomorrow they're going to decide whether or not gyms can open. But um, they need to do it in a hurry. Um, really, <laughs> I've been jogging every day, and you know, at my age, that's okay, I guess. But my knees aren't at my <laughs> actual age. My knees are much, much older than the years I've been alive. So, uh, they're, they're hurting, but, um, yeah, I need to get back to the gym so I can start doing some other stuff, but luckily I have some weights around the house. It's, it's not a bad deal, but oh, so anyways, you're just, you're not exactly just stuck to like the jail cell workout routine, just some burpees, push ups. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, uh, I got some weights, but, uh, it's, it's, it's no gym. Let's put it that way, <laughs> you know? Um, and the thing is, and you know, this working out at home is so much different than working out at a gym. I'm at a gym. I'm 100% committed. Why? Because I've driven to the gym and mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm there 
And that's what I'm doing. hundred percent focus. I'm at home. Well, the eggs in the refrigerator are calling my name. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard. I got to get this workout done. God, I just want to eat and no, but at the gym, that doesn't happen at home. It's very, I'm very distracted. So no, I need to get that. It, at the gym, at the gym, we're under a time constraint. We're in business mode here, but at yeah. home, it's way too easy to be like, boy, I bet I could get those eggs scrambled up in about four <laughs> minutes from now. <laughs> uh, let's hey, let's stop talking about food. We got to get this episode because otherwise I'm going to start getting hungry. We have to cut this thing short. But uh, anyways, before we jump into the episode, if you're a passive real estate investor or you're looking to get into passive investing, head over to our website, twosmartassets.com. We have some great resources for passive investors. Chris can attest to this. Uh, there you can get our guide to passive investing in apartment syndications. It's a great overview about how you can get started in apartment syndication investing. Or you can check out our other resource, which is uh, the sample deal. Chris put this together for us. It's great. The sample deal is going to give you an idea of what an apartment syndication opportunity will look like. And the real thing with this is being comfortable reviewing this type of information will have you primed when a real deal comes your way. Because <clears throat> as we transition out of this thing, these deals are going to start coming out. You just watch. I can see it happening for sure. So, but uh, after you check out these resources, if you have any questions about the topics that come up in these resources, don't hesitate to send us a message. We want to hear from hear from you guys about the kind of stuff that we have on our website, and then also your investing interests. We want to hear about all of that. So, uh, leave us a message. You can do it on the website. Also, you can find us on social media: Instagram, Facebook. Twitter. We post every weekday. Send us a message or drop a comment on one of our posts. We'd love to connect with all of you and learn more about what you have going on. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or wherever you watch or or listen to uh, your podcast and leave us a rating and written review. This really helps us reach uh, other investors that could really benefit from this type of information. You know, that's that's how we got started learning about real estate is uh, books and podcasts, a lot of podcasts. And, you know, who knows if we would have never found those podcasts, who knows where we'd be at today. So please do that for us. We'd really appreciate it. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the potential pros and cons to certain markets as we transition out of quarantine and the economic shutdown that we're currently experiencing right now. So as we've spoken about before, it's super important to really analyze any markets, uh, wherever you're considering investing, um, you know, market analysis is, is critical to this. I think, I think Chris, you know, we've talked to a lot of people, a lot of people agree about this. Chris agrees with this. I'm sure. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So in fact, we have an entire episode on market analysis. That's right. I think it's episode five. Yeah. Choosing and analyzing markets. I'm sure that's what we talk about in that episode, but that's a great episode. We'll link to it in the show notes. So if you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. There's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff in there. Uh, but as we've spoken about before, there are certain metrics that you really want to pay attention to when you're analyzing a mar- market. And uh, some of these metrics include job growth and job diversity. These are huge. If you think about what we're going through right now, um, you know, these have been affected in a major way, job growth and job diversity, because certain sectors have been hit. So these are huge right now. Uh, other metrics are population growth, the median income growth, supply and demand when it comes to the real estate that's on the market, the units that are available or have been taken. So this is something you also want to pay attention to and also crime rates. So basically these are just a few um, or some of the criteria that every investor should be looking at when evaluating markets. However, at the moment 
currently what we're experiencing, just looking at those metrics that I just previously mentioned, this might not be enough to fully understand what's going on uh, within your market or your sub market, right? So uh, we're experiencing a unique situation right now where other factors have to be considered. I mean, just going on, you want to base your market analysis off the normal stuff, but you're going to have to consider some other things. And as investors, we're already focused on jobs and job growth, but with the recent events, it's even more critical to get an understanding of where those jobs will be during and after we transition back to normal or out of this, out of this, what we're experiencing right now, because who knows what this is going to look like. And I say it's because we're not really sure how all this is going to play out. Uh, at this point, it's difficult to tell what the full impact of the current situation will be. So in addition to normal metrics, they're going to have, they're going to be other things that we need to be paying attention to as well and make sure we put our thought and some focus in. So, yeah. Right. You know, just like job creation, you know, it, it uh, well, let me just start over, you know, so, you know, we're, we, we're looking at uh, all kinds of metrics here, um, you know, and just like, you know, Dan was saying, you know, for job creation, you know, is that city creating jobs? You know, if so, what industries, you know, and personally, when we're looking at the job creation, we want to see that, you know, those, those market numbers are kind of starting to outpace the national averages. You know, that's kind of a, an indicator that, you know, this city is really, really doing something may might actually be a, on a pretty good path to success, you know? So, you know, we're also trying to look at population growth trends and, you know, the expected growth trends and where those paths of progress might be, you know, so just kind of look around your city, see where new stuff is coming up. Uh, you know, that really job creation and job growth, they really tend to just kind of go hand in hand really. Um, and before, you know, you make a mention uh, about the supply and demand, you know, kind of in terms of units, but another thing we're looking for is like the proposed building or, you know, just the permits pulled and, and the vacancy and absorption rates. You know, we need to know that the target city has the ability to absorb that future supply of buildings, you know, for which uh, their permit, their permits are being pulled, you know, uh, and again, you know, we like to see that those apartment, those apartment occupancy percentages, you know, is greater than the U S Metro average, you know, it's really indicating that growth. Um, we also really like to look at uh, government planning. You know, what is the city and the nonprofits doing about attracting businesses? You know, what type of businesses do they want? You know, we want to invest in cities that are that are they're easy to move to. Uh, they have a good workforce. Um, you know, that have economic development areas that are you know kind of easy to work with. You know, um, with those, we really like to see you know that market growth outpace the rent growth. And that's like the theme here is like, we're, we're trying to identify, you know, a market that's kind of emerging. That's really, you know, on its path to success, you know, um, affordability is another one. You know, we want to see that there's potential to raise rents without really stressing out the tenants financially. You know, we try to favor those cities where those, the rent is really low by comparison to the cost of just purchasing a home. You know, so if you look at the, the median rent versus median income, you know, we like to see that the medium income, the median, I'm sorry, median income is more than 60%, 66%, I'm sorry, uh, of the median yearly income. That's just another quick metric just to see whether or not there's potential to increase those rents without overpricing our tenants out of our units. You know, you make some great points there. And I really like that a lot of stuff that you brought up involves like the shift in demographics, right? And we've talked about that before, but uh, a lot of the stuff is bringing about, you know, shifting demographics. Why are people moving to these areas? You got affordability, you got all these things, where business is going to be, 
where business currently, you know, and what's that look like going forward? I know these are, these are different times right now that we're living in just based off of what's, what's been happening over the past few months. But, uh, you make some fantastic points, especially with, um, with, uh, the demographic shifts and stuff like that. So one of, I want to touch on something else. So one thing you have to consider is that pre COVID there were a number of markets with really strong fundamentals. I mean, we've been looking at, we've been looking at a lot of markets and, uh, you know, I'm just going to name a few here, but you have markets like Jacksonville, Atlanta, a bunch of Midwest markets. Cause we know those are usually typically pretty stable. Right. And then along with a lot of markets in Texas, um, you know, there's been some crazy things happened recently. So everyone's been affected, but these markets before, while we were entering COVID, I mean, these are strong markets. I mean, obviously there's other markets as well, but, um, but due to the driving factors in many of these markets, uh, there could be continued success, uh, in these areas, despite what's going on in COVID, you know, so if you have something like, you know, Jacksonville or, or a lot of the markets in Texas, you know, these might hold strong. So through COVID, despite some of the things that might happen, but, uh, that's not to say that those effects won't be felt, uh, but they should be less severe than others, you know, just, just based on, um, the underlying functions of the market in regards to jobs and businesses, um, but also, on the other hand, uh, some of those underlying functions of markets uh, due to those jobs and business in other markets that were strong going into COVID, they could be hurting now. So some of those markets, just to name a few, are maybe like Orlando, Miami, um, Las Vegas. Uh, what do we know about these markets? I mean, we know that these markets, a lot of tourism, a lot of hospitality, right? Because they kind of go hand in hand, really. Mm. So those markets, are, you know, they've taken a hit. And right now, both of those job sectors being with tourism and hospitality, huge losses, major losses. We know people who work in these industries and uh, they've been affected greatly. So, you know, you look at the businesses as well, they're being hit just as hard. So, so how does this, with all this happening with uh, those businesses in these markets, uh, how does this look going forward for these markets? You know, I think these markets potentially could still see more pain because who knows what, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future? We're kind of in a transition period right now, but you know, those businesses, they, they've lost a lot of business uh, just, just due to, you know, everything being shut down. Um, the thing is, I know people are ready to go out and eat again and go have some fun and party, you know, and just get back to, to their normal lives. But you know, some of the business, when it comes to those things, that business is gone forever. At least, you know, the biz, the miss business that we've had over the last few months, that pent up demand for those services, it's not going to make up for what was already, what was already lost in the last quarter or so, right? You know, you're talking about going out to eat, watching movies, stuff like that, uh, going out to the movies or just going out and doing stuff. So I'm curious to see what will, what will the operations look like going forward at places like restaurants and other hospitality or like tourism driven establishments, you know, is that going to change? Um, but another thing I think to pay attention to is you might not get all those jobs back. Right. You know, it, it really just depends. So that's something to think about. Um, I just, I'm not sure that things are going to operate the same way as they were before. They could, the variable could, but who knows um, if you're still going to have the same type of operations. And, you know, I think, I think despite what's going on in the market right now and, we're still in a transition period. I do think that at some point in the near future, things are going to open back up. Right. So, um, as we can see right now, cities are already opening back up. 
So these markets that were highly affected by what's happened recently with COVID and all that, how will they bounce back? Or, or really, how quickly will these markets bounce back? Uh, because at some point, things will return to quote-unquote normal, mm. even if there's some you know, changes to the typical operations of, of these businesses. And, uh, and for those markets that have taken major losses recently, you got to think about this. It's kind of a, a side note to this, but in regards to real estate, there could be some opportunities when it comes to finding deals, you know, because a lot of these markets have been highly affected. People, you know, jobs is a huge thing uh, when it comes to real estate investing, just based on the market. So, you know, if you can look at these, these markets and, you know, get your strategy lined out, it might be pretty good. But I say it's really important to know your market uh, because if the demand for services in those industries and markets doesn't return to a level, which we'd previously seen, or at least come close to it, then you may need to adjust your, your real estate investing strategy appropriately. But really when it comes to all this, uh, I'm just curious to see what all this is going to look like going forward. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm curious too, and you, you're right. You, uh, you need to know your markets. Uh, you need to know the market that you think is uh, interesting and, and why you're, you got to really know why you're going to be there uh, for the long haul. Why are you choosing that? Uh, you know, and just, <clears throat> really understand where they sit in terms of employment diversity. And, mm. uh, you know, there's, there's really, you know, an innumerable amount of markets throughout the nation that rely heavily upon tourism and hospitality. Uh, those Good markets point. are losing jobs by, you know, jobs by the day. And many of those businesses that have closed, like you said, might not get those jobs back. A lot of those businesses are good uh, just over that lost rent revenue, you know, and there isn't really any pent up demand going for a, uh, you know, for going out and spending, you know, you know, there, like you, you already mentioned, you know, there are a lot of people, including myself, and I'm sure you too, you know, we, we've been fairly eager to kind of get out and about and resume some sense of normalcy, you know, oh, yeah. but the demand for those services like hospitality don't quite flow like a hose with a kink in it. Yeah. There might be a little slight uptick when, when cities begin to reopen, but the business loss is just that, you know, it's loss. There's been a plenty of times, you know, over the last couple of months, I would much rather go out to eat than to cook at home uh, or, you know, go, go have a beer with some friends or, you know, maybe go to a movie. But now as soon as the local, you know, and the federal government think it's safe to kind of really go out and run around again, you know, there's, there's going to be uh, you know, part of a, a deluge, a deluge, I guess that hits general retail, but it's not going to be like eating out and going to the movies for several days in a row just because I missed, you know, eight weeks of right. know, weekly date nights or whatever. You know, it, it, it doesn't work like that. Right. So, you know, if the, if the markets that you're interested in uh, investing, you know, if they're well-diversified employment, you know, in that they don't really rely much on hospitality and tourism, uh, you know, then they're going to be more ably, they're going to be more able to uh, kind of quickly see their economic improvement, you know, over the long term. Yeah, certain sectors uh, are definitely going to still feel the sting of the employment loss. But overall, you know, if your preferred market had those really strong underlying fundamentals before, you know, you could really be set to pick up a pretty valuable asset at a discount. You know, so, you know, we talk plenty about the market cycles and, and whether or not we're in a recession or where we might be in that cycle. Uh, you know, I think it's important to remember that, you know, this crisis brought on by COVID-19 is nothing like the economic uh, collapse of 2008. You know, that was 
influenced directly by real estate and predatory lending practices. You know, this time around, real estate, commercial and residential, they both had pretty strong footing prior to any of this happening. So again, like, you know, that pain, that pain being felt in the short term could result in some pretty undervalued assets that produce a long-term gain. 100% agree. And I'm, you know, I'm curious to see how all that, all that looks as we transition into this and uh, you know, we love real estate. So um, moving forward, definitely keep your eye out for this and how these, these markets and obviously your footing in real estate actually takes place. One thing I want to get into real quick, just because I have a little uh, familiar, familiarity with is oil, right? So we basically have oil taking a big hit recently, right? And while the price, you know, if you look recently at the price of oil, it, you saw it go negative for a day, right? Well, that's just, that's a totally different story we're not getting in there, but it's, it's recovered since then. But, you know, despite that, I don't think there's a forecast out there that's suggesting uh, a massive boost in oil prices, which is one thing, but also the amount of product productivity in the oil and gas industry, especially in the U S is that going to be, is there a massive, you know, uptick in that in the near future? I don't think so. So the implications is that a lot of these companies, um, they've laid off a bunch of people, right? And that could have a lasting effect really. So markets with a lot of jobs tie the oil and gas industry, as we talked about earlier, you know, the hospitality and you know, the tourism business, uh, markets with a lot of jobs tied to the oil and gas industry, they could see a pull, they could see pullback, right? I mean, you know, we're an OKC, right? Or you're an OKC. Um, it's not completely tied to oil and gas, but it, there's definitely effect going on, right? I mean, we have large 100%. Footprint out here. Right. So Oklahoma, it's 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 a big thing there. Uh, also, take Texas for example. Um, you know, Texas has many of the strongest markets in the country in regards to, you know, demographics, real estate, business, a lot of these things. Texas is blowing up. So what will the loss of oil and gas jobs mean for those Texas markets? And this is just, this is just my opinion, but, um, I, to be honest, I think most of Texas is still going to be primed to, to do well. I think people, you know, we talked about, um, shifting demographics kind of touched on it earlier. People are flocking to Texas. I mean, for real. Um, I know a bunch of people that are moving to Texas that live in other States just because of some of the stuff we spoke about earlier in that, that you touched on earlier in the episode. And then also uh, something we've talked about in a previous episode, but I know for a fact, Texas ranks as one of the top States for population growth. And I think that's going to continue. You're going to continue to see that trend. So uh, the major markets and also the sub markets are experiencing huge population growth in Texas and, and beyond the oil and gas sector, job growth is high. So you look at some of these major markets in Texas, um, you, the job diversity has actually been uh, leveling out really. You're getting more and more job diversity uh, over the past few years. And these are all positive signs. So I, I don't see major Texas markets such as like Dallas, Austin, Houston, even San Antonio being down for too long. I mean, yeah, we're still going to feel effects of, of oil and gas, these things in oil and gas happening, but a lot of these markets have, have, um, diversified well enough to, I think they're going to be able to sustain, uh, this positive growth. So Dallas and the sub markets, well diversified Houston becoming more diversified. I know Houston, especially in like education and healthcare, I think they have one of the largest healthcare systems in the nation now. Right. Um, uh, so, you know, some of these markets are really diversifying and just to briefly speak on, um, uh, 
the diversification when it comes to different job industries and stuff like that. When you're looking into potential investment markets, it's critical to be paying attention to the job diversity for that market. Because, uh, you know, a market that is highly diversified in regards to the industry landscape, it's going to be a major benefit. The current situation shows exactly why this is so important. If you're heavily relying on tourism or hospitality or all oil and gas right now, it's probably a bad time for you. So uh, this is just a prime example. So if a market does have high job diversity and one sector of jobs may be experiencing some major losses or whatever, uh, that market can still thrive due to the number of jobs that are still exist in, in the other industries that are still um, uh, up and going. Right. Yeah. So that goes, that goes right back just to the point of, uh, you know, those underlying fundamentals. Yeah. Everybody's going to take a little bit of a hit, but really those markets in particular, they're going to stay strong because they were strong before that. So those underlying fundamentals, you know, they were already doing a lot of the right things to begin with. So that's why, just like you said, that's why people are flocking there because it's pretty cool to live in some of those places, you know, there's a lot of benefit for a lot of different people. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have been kind of like stewing around a handful of questions, uh, you know, for the last several weeks and I, I still don't have the answers to them. Uh, and I don't know. I just feel like they might be something to consider, you know, I don't know how important they might be or, uh, if they've even been thought about too heavily until now, or maybe it's Let's only I thought about, but, uh, you know, one of our main, uh, investing focuses have been pri- primarily, you know, around larger, multifamily properties you know that's what we it's one of the things that we just love you know and considering how uh the coronavirus has been able to really just kind of take hold and devastate really the world economy um i i was curious you know what the potential risks are you know like no what let me frame it this way: like what are the perceived risks you know when living in multifamily property you know during a pandemic uh before this wasn't you know let's say this time last year wouldn't have even thought about it. You know, I know obviously there's a lot of smarter people than us out there that are, you know, duly preparing for stuff that might not ever happen. And for a lot of us until it touches us, we're not, no one's thinking about a pandemic, you know, four months ago or five months ago, no one's, no one's even thinking about that. So now that it's like this new thing that's been introduced into my life in terms of like how I might invest, you know, it's just, I'm just curious, like how, how everybody starts to really feel really being crunched together in and not necessarily small living spaces, but relative, you know, to the population of whatever building, you know, everybody's in close proximity. And I was just curious, you know, being that close to others, you know, we all have been participating in the social distancing, but like, how's that make you feel being in really close contact to a lot of different people on a really regular basis? And, you know, and it might not be that big of a deal, but it's just something that kind of like flashed through my mind. But, you know, will people take that into consideration before they decide to go rent next time? Are there people that are moving out of our apartments because they don't want to live next door to someone else, you know? So there's a lot of, a lot of kind of auxiliary questions around that, I guess, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Another question I had was, you know, will, Will this uh, pandemic result in a need for, uh, let's say, like highly populated cities to spread out a little bit to the surrounding submarkets? You know, so it, you know, if so, will those corresponding uh, submarkets, you know, they might see an increased demand for housing. You know, so like maybe if they continue to work in the city, let's just for instance, you know, a place like uh, 
a place like Boston or New York City, where it's obviously highly or densely populated, a lot of people have short travel times to work, short commutes, because they just jump on the train and they just go and they never really leave the city. But if they could just still use that same transportation, let's say, for instance, you know, the subway, would they be more inclined to moving out just a little bit away? So that way it kind of takes their family out of the risk area. And yeah, we can still take the bus or the train or whatever into the city, you go to work and then you come home and it's not, you've kind of just taken your family, picked them up and put them just a little bit further away from what problems. I don't know. It, again, it's just something that I thought about in terms of like an emerging market. This m might have some kind of spin somewhere maybe people flock out of the city. I don't know. Right. Right. Um, another question that I kind of thought was, uh, you know, will, will the allowance of uh, technology to work remotely, is that going to result in an increased demand for multifamily units with more rooms? You know, cause before, you know, a, a two bedroom, you know, two, one and a half or whatever, like that works fine for maybe a family of three or four. But then now when mom or dad has to stay home for, eight additional hours a day, they're going to need their own space. You know, I, I don't mind working from the kitchen table, but at a certain point, if this is going to be kind of more important, I might have a dedicated space. And so I was curious, you know, where are we going to see, you know, kind of an uptick in two bedroom or three bedroom units because those people need, you know, just a little bit more space. So I don't know. They're just kind of three random questions that just kind of popped in my head. You know, I think those are some great questions. And um, I do think that um, really, especially to the second and third question that you posed there, really, I think that it's going to rely, and I don't know the answers, obviously, this is me just speculating at this point, but I think it's going to rely heavily on what the job landscape looks like going forward, right? So if, if you're, if more people were able to work remotely, obviously they can live wherever they want to live, you know, maybe they can go live somewhere that's say cheaper, that's not in the middle of the city or a major city or something like that maybe they can spread out to a suburb, um, but also, you know, people still want to interact with people. You know, I think that, I think that you might see people move to the suburbs or, you know, move out a little bit, but <clears throat> I think, uh, I think the, the multifamily, um, housing sector is still going to be strong going forward. Yeah. You might see a little something, um, as of right now, but I think we're still going to see some of that, and, but people are going to move to the suburbs and, you know, maybe they'll move, uh, to, to, maybe other sub markets, you know, so you look something like outside of a major market, um, they might spread out. I think we're seeing that anyways, but, um, I, I think it's a great point and I'm very curious to see what happens. Uh, you know, obviously we pay attention to residential real estate, you know, single family homes as well, as well as the apartment stuff. So it's be curious to see what the numbers look like going forward in some of those markets and some of those sub markets. But I think a lot of it's going to have to do with jobs and kind of what you're saying in your last question in regards to, um, you know, will we need more rooms? That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That's a, that's a fantastic point. So I'll be, be curious to see what the, <clears throat> what those numbers look like going forward. We'll definitely be paying attention to those. So I, I appreciate you bringing those up for sure. But, um, so, but that's really all we have for the episode today. Uh, you got anything else for this episode, Chris? No, I mean, uh, I, I think I kind of asked some of the questions I want, you know, I, I'd like to ask you a kind of a personal question on your you know, just whether it's just your life or your business or whatever, but I was just kind of curious as to, you know, with everything going on and kind of how you're planning on investing or whatever, is there anything that's coming up that you're, that you're actively planning for that, like a, that you could see as a potential challenge that you're just kind of heading off at the pass? 
Well, as, as you're well aware of, and uh, hopefully the listeners are well aware of this point, you know, we want to connect with other people who, who are investing and the people that I have connected with, um, you know, friends, family, other investors and stuff, uh, depending on their situation, uh, you know, they've been highly affected by what's going on. And so some of them have taken a different view on investing as of right now, obviously for, for good reasons. Right. So sure. I guess one of the challenges that I think that uh, I'm seeing right now is that, you know, we want to connect with more, more people. We want to help more people understand the benefits of investing in real estate, especially these syndications because of, because of the benefits, you know, and because of the risk diversification and, and many other aspects of it. So really the challenge I see going forward is just connecting with more people um, and, and being able to, to let them know, like, this is, this is still a good investment going forward. Yeah. Things might be crazy right now, but, um, we think if you're educating yourself now is the best time. You might as well be educating yourself now because coming out of this, we're still going to have investment opportunities, right? And you're still going to have to live your life and you're still going to have to make the best decisions for you and your family and, and those such things. So um, really for me, I think the challenge is just connecting with more people. You know, I mean, that's why we have this podcast. That's why we're all over social media. We want to connect with more people. So I'm, I guess what I'm, what I'm seeing as a challenge is I don't want other people just to take their head out of the game, you know, just because right. some things are happening. We're all going through difficult times right now, myself included. I'm Chris, I'm sure you're going, having some difficulties uh, with, with all the stuff going on, but that doesn't mean we just need to forget everything, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's, that's one of the biggest things with me right now is um, being able to focus and really just pass that along to other people that, Hey, you know, things are going to come back. Things are going to be fine. And uh, you know, investing in real estate is one of the greatest things I've ever done. I mean, what's your opinion on investing? I mean, obviously you have a great opinion on investing in real estate. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I think it's pretty much a, it, it, it's, um, there's no sure bets in investing, but I feel like, you know, if you're able to do your homework enough and align yourself with, uh, people that, uh, are at least have the same interest in mind, you know, it's about as sure bet as you can get, you know, there's obviously there's still risks, but uh, really, once you've weighed all the risks and understand what needs to be done, that's I, I can't actually think of anything else that I'd rather be doing or another thing I'd rather throw my money at and hope for a return. You know, I, there's all kinds of ways to, to make money in investing, but this is one of the things that I happen to know fairly well, and I'm in love with it. Um, I mean, I, I, as, long as, I, as long as there's people that need houses, we'll be there to help provide that for them. And the thing is, we're still learning too, right? I mean, this is, we're always going to be learning. We, we believe in, you know, uh, continuing education and we're always going to be learning. We, we've learned that, you know, we've been doing that for a number of years now. We're going to be doing it for the rest of our lives. So with that being said, if you're listening to this show, hit us up leave us a message, give us a call, whatever, set up a call. We want to talk to you. We want to understand your investing interests. Um, it's just, it's just one of the things that we want to do. You know, we want to, we want to help our, we want to help you guys and we want to help ourselves. We all want to learn and get through all this together and make the best decisions. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. But anyway, yeah, I, got, I just want to, I just want to add, you know, that uh, you mentioned just a, a minute ago, you know, you, I think uh, like we're both pretty optimistic, uh, in our just normal lives and in, in terms of business, you know, we're pretty optimistic guys, but you have to know that obviously we're going to come back from this, but to even think for a second, that it's not even going to be better. 
I think uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Like you always need to be paying attention for investments, you know, if that's what your thing is, is investing or whatever. But these are one of those times that like th this, hopefully this only happens once in our lives, but this is one of those things that like, it might only happen once and yeah, it's going to stress some, a lot of people out and a lot of people are going to feel the pain, but if you're paying attention, you might be able to, you might be able to do something positive for you and your, you know, you and your family or whatever by just simply paying attention and being ready to act when an opportunity presents itself. Cause it's going to get better than it was. And 100%. we already, we, we have to believe that hundred percent. I totally agree. I, I couldn't agree anymore. So yeah, but uh, that's a great point. Anyways. All right. We're running out of time here, Chris. So uh, you got anything else before we uh, shut this thing down? No, I'm pretty happy with when, uh, how today went. So man, I great talking to you. It's always great talking to you, man. I love discussing this type of stuff, investing, real estate mindset, all that stuff with you. Cause you know, we have different views, but uh, I think they, they mesh pretty well. So always great talking to you. Gets me hyped. Yeah, hundred percent. So hopefully our listeners can, uh, the listeners can take some good stuff from this. Um, again, um, hit us up if you have any questions or anything like that, but, um, that's all I got for today, man. So, um, until next week, uh, you guys keep investing in yourself and we'll talk to you later. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, Connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.